Du lyssnar på en podcast från Studentradio 98,9. Alla våra poddar och program hittar du på studentradion.com eller där poddar finns. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to Radio UF at Studentradio 98,9. And uh, we are back for the semester. And for the first episode of this semester, we are traveling south to a small hilly country nestled in eastern central Africa, namely Rwanda. And my name is Sarah, but I'm not here alone. I'm here with Christian, myself at the radio. And we also have two very special guests who are better equipped to talk about this country since they, along with other members of the UF Travel Group, visited Rwanda earlier this summer. Hi, Benjamin. Uh, hello, my name is Benjamin, and I'm the current head of uh, activity. Yeah, and hi, Jenny. Hi, uh, I was the head of travel the last semester. All right, thank you. So they are going to tell us all about their trip, and we're going to continue and talk a little bit about Rwandan politics today. But we will be back after the break. You just heard Street Night with Nils Czernik. You're listening to Radio UF at Studentradio 98,9 and we are uh, guested by the UF Travel Group today and going to talk about Rwanda. Uh, so Christian, why don't you start with telling us just a little bit of basic information about the country. Sure, let's plug some info about Rwanda because not everyone knows where Rwanda is and how, it, uh, how, how kind of country it is. But it is a republic and the current president is Paul Kagani, and he's been president since the year of 2000, so quite a long time. And it's a very dense country. It has roughly 12.9 million inhabitants, and its shape roughly is the size of Dalarna in Sweden, so you can imagine the density. And the bordering countries is the Democratic Republic of Congo, Uganda, Tanzania, and Burundi, and its capital is Kigali. Thank you. So now I turn to our guests. Benjamin, if you could uh, sum up your experience in or your impression of Rwanda with one word, what would that be? Uh, I would probably say uh, giving. We're giving to uh, be there. A mm? uh, different experience from mm. the usual trips I take. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. You'll have an opportunity to talk more about that. But uh, Jenny, what would your word be? Uh, yeah, I mean, I fully agree with that. And I would say, I mean, this is basically the same thing, but eye-opening. Uh, it was really fascinating. And just to see something in person that you've read a lot about and heard about before. And just such a different destination, I would say. Yeah, very interesting to visit that part of the region. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, but so for those who don't know about the UF Travel Group, Jenny, since you were the head of that group last semester, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is and yes, what you do? Of course. So the UF Travel Group uh, organizes trips to uh, destinations that are interesting uh, when it comes to foreign politics and uh, history. And um, 
we organize a trip each semester. So last semester, we in June, we went to Rwanda. And the semester before that, in December, we went to Istanbul. And there will be more interesting stuff happening soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, so if anyone wants to get involved, um, you can just go to the UF website and uh, find information there. But so how did you decide to visit uh, Rwanda and Kigali? Well, so we all decide together with the people that are interested in, in going on the trip. Um, so last semester we had a few different options. We were discussing uh, Rwanda and Egypt and Tunisia. And then uh, we held a vote basically and uh, Rwanda came up top. So Rwanda it was. All right. Interesting. I'm excited to hear more about it. But first, some uh, music. You just heard Ke Loke by Young Nubi. You're listening to Radio UF at Studentradion 98,9. So we talked a little bit about first impressions, but if uh, Benjamin, if you want to say something more about what was your first impression when you uh, when you got to Rwanda. My first expression is probably, well, it's the airport. There was a lot of unnecessary bureaucracy. Mm, did it take you a while to get through customs? Or? Yeah, it was a lot of hours. And we were the only ones left in the entire airport. Like, the staff was waiting f- for us to leave. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, you managed after a while. Yeah, yeah, we managed somehow. Good. What about you, Jenny? Do you have something more about first impressions? So we got there really late at night. So, like, there wasn't a lot of impressions happening. We just took a taxi from the airport to the hotel. Mm. But uh, I was one of the... I was the first person to wake up the next morning and uh, just, like, taking a look outside the hotel and being like, wow, like, the view was incredible because Kigali is very hilly. So it was just spectacular. Mm. Mm. So I forgot to ask before, but had any of uh, the group been there before? Uh, No one had been before. Okay. Cool. That's fun. Um, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your trip? What kind of activities did you do? Uh, Benjamin, do you want to start? Um, so the main idea about, about the trip is to meet civil society mm. and learn about the country. That was the main goal and the main thing we did during the days. So we had roughly one meeting per day with some part of civil society. Everything from women's rights groups to, uh, to city planning. That sounds really cool. How did you find these organizations? Uh, well, we got a lot of recommendations from the Swedish embassy in uh, Kigali, which we also met when we went there. Um, and uh, just Google, really. And Sida was a great source as well. Nice. Google can be very helpful. <laughs> so was there? did you visit a lot of a big range of different um, organizations, like cultural and political, or was there a focus on... Uh, so it was main focus on political organizations. Like Benjamin said before, it was we met with uh, two women's organizations and uh, some environmental organizations and uh, then uh, like uh, political ones as well, like the embassy, for example. Mm. And out of all of these, was there one particular or a few that stuck out to you the most? I think you're going to say the Swedish embassy mm. because it's always really fun to meet embassies. And talk with them because they are really knowledgeable, and then uh, have a lot of interesting things to say because they really know about the country and the political aspects of that country. Mm. That's hard to read about in on Google. 
Um, for me, I think it was one of the women's organizations called uh, Haguruka. Um, it's it's an amazing organization and they help uh, women uh, when it comes to legal things, basically. Uh, and it's a local organization and I think it was just incredible. Oh, cool. Thank you. You just heard Down Low by Modo Banja and J.A.E. You're listening to Radio UF at Studentradio 98,9. We're talking about Rwanda today. And one thing that you can't ex- really escape when learning about this country is the uh, horrific genocide that occurred there in 1994. Christian, do you want to give us a little bit of background on what happened and why? For sure. And I fully want to say that it's a really, really horrific and really bad thing that has happened. But some information about the, the, the genocide is that it occurred the 7th of April to 15th of July in 1994, so roughly 30 years ago. But during these 100 uh, or around 100 days, uh, it was estimated that around 500,000 to almost a million people died. And the main uh, issues was between the local uh, inhabitants, uh, which were between the Tutsi and Hutu. Uh, but there is also kind of silent uh, part of the the uh, inhabitants, which are the Twa, which was also part of the death toll. Uh, but the catalyst of this uh, issue was the uh, uh, president of the Rwanda's Republic when it had its first president. I'm sorry if I pronounced this wrong, but the president uh, that died was Juvenal Habi Arimana. And when he died, it caused a power vacuum and in which Hutus started up basically killing uh, all Tutsis or anyone who had a relationship with Tutsis. Even those who didn't want to be part of the genocide were labeled as Tutsi supporters, so they were also killed. And uh, the issue with this is that it can be linked back to colonial times uh, where back when Germany and Belgium colonized Rwanda, they did racial profiling and they basically made ID cards with ethnicities of these people and basically just fueling up to this big, big genocide that's going to happen in the future. So overall, I mean, before all of the colonial era time, it was no problem both Tutsi, Hutu, and Twa were living in, in harmony, basically. There was no difference, but when, once we had the colonial times, we got issues with these. But that's a little bit information for those who do not know that. Mm. And now I turn to our guests, because you were there this summer, and uh, it has been 28 years now since this happened. But how did you perceive uh, the legacy of this genocide? Uh, well, so... Every single organization we went to had some some connection to the genocide. A lot of them were formed because of the genocide and the things that they had to deal with after trying to rebuild the country. And every person we met, every even like all the animals, everything in the country is connected to the mm. genocide and you will notice it when you go there. Thank you. We will continue talking about this after the break. That was Speed Trials on Acid by Carl Cox, Fatboy Slim and Dan Diamond. 
We're talking about Rwanda and we're talking about the genocide that took place there in 1994. Um, You were telling us about that you visited organizations and that uh, every one of them mentioned or had some connection to uh, these events. Did you uh, find that people were open to talking about it or was it too traumatic? No, but I think uh, people talk about it. Uh, but the concepts of being Hutsu Tutsi has completely shut down, basically. Uh, nobody identifies as either one anymore. Was this become, become a, like a taboo? Mm-hmm. No, but like, uh, but everybody has started talking about. Yeah, in our work, we have this perspective when we do planning for cities, cities or helping women. We all have it in mind, backhead about the genocide and that how how that affected people. That's in- interesting, and I think yeah, it's probably a good thing that people can talk about it to try to cope with it. Um, so uh, yeah, you mentioned that there's you can't really talk about the people or Hutu or Tutsi or anything, and as uh, Christian told us before, this was really something that came with colonial times that the Germans and Belgians um, introduced this uh, system that wasn't really that important before. Uh, and I think that's very interesting to to think about. But uh, there's also been a lot of uh, criticism after the genocide on how the UN coped with or didn't really cope with what happened. Um, today, what was your impression or how did you perceive that people looked at the UN in Rwanda today? Um, so, as you said, it's been widely criticized. Um And it's still being criticized. And we went to, for example, the Genocide Memorial in Kigali. And uh, they are very open with uh, their critiques of the UN. And it's really seen as a massive failure. And everyone we spoke to also basically said it was a massive failure by the UN. Yeah. Mm. And before we went on air, you were also telling us a little bit about that you saw some different narratives depending on who was behind the exhibition or memorial. Yeah, uh, so there's also this memorial dedicated to a few Belgian soldiers um, where the narrative is a lot more, a lot kinder to the Belgians and to the UN. It was more like, oh, they tried, they did what they could. Uh, whereas the Rwanda one, the genocide memorial, was a lot harsher on the UN. But is there any threat or perceived threat that this something like this could happen again? Or how is the sentiment? I believe uh, so a couple of years after the, the genocide, there was an attempt to, la- to go in a school and uh, like start killing. Mm. But all the like, kids like, no, we are like one and it failed. And I don't think anything after that has happened. Yeah, I think the people of Rwanda has really tried to unite and get past the horrendous events that happened. You just heard Gary Ashby by Dry Cleaning. You're listening to Radio UF at Studentradion 98,9. We're talking about Rwanda and we have been uh, talking about the genocide that took place there in 1994. And that's really um, something that's impossible to not learn about when you're learning about this country. But um, aside from these events, did you um, uh, find that Rwanda are working on uh, 
other issues like women's rights or democracy or things like that? Uh, Yeah, uh, absolutely. And as you said, it's impossible to get past the uh, genocide. So uh, as we said before, we visited a few, uh, two women's organizations uh, and one was called Haguruka. And uh, they told us that basically the reason that they were founded uh, was because of issues that stemmed from the genocide where they focused on killing men, which meant a lot of women were left uh, and had to provide for their families. And uh, basically this organization helps out with the legal issues. And at the time, women weren't allowed to, or they were limited in what they could own. Uh, So this organization really worked with that and are helping uh, divorce uh, divorces and that kind of stuff today. Mm, interesting. And uh, Rwanda, in terms of gender equality, it's known for having uh, very high levels of gender equality in uh, political participation because there's like slightly over 50% of the seats in the cabinet are held by women, as well as almost two thirds of the parliamentary seats. Uh, is this something that came up during the trip? And uh, if so, how? Uh, I believe we talked about it with the ambassador. And she said it's like it means something, and it has impacted uh, women's lives that women has representation in the parliament and in yeah in the legal framework of the country. Did you get the impression that it's a genuine participation? I mean, a lot of countries have equals or or a lot of women in parliament, but it doesn't really mean that much. I answered like a yes and a no answer mm-hmm. to that uh, that it have it's, it's genuine. But also it's a patriarchal country and because of this genuine participation in the parliament is that the bad things doesn't really get to, to, to you don't talk about the good, the bad things. Because mm. yeah, very good and yeah, so it hides some things. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's, uh, it's fine. We have this participation in the parliament, so we don't really need to deal with all the other stuff that's happening in more normal life, maybe. Very interesting. We'll keep talking about it after the break. You just heard Samma Liv by Avantgardet, where we're guested by the UF Travel Group, Jenny and Benjamin, and we're talking about Rwanda. We discussed political equality in the country um, before the break, but I'm wondering um, what was your perception of equality issues in other workplaces or in the home? Well, as the women organization we talked about earlier, uh, women has it harder to get legal help and to yeah, get 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 the same rights uh, that way. Uh, so it's definitely a patriarchal system, mm. uh, as in most countries. Mm. <laughs> um, but so this uh, organization, where they uh, did you get the impression that they were positively, uh, or that they viewed the future positively, or were they more pessimistic? Yeah, uh, no, they were absolutely more positive. And I think that goes for every organization we met. Um, They have quite a bright view on the future of Rwanda and uh, also just the region in general, I would say. Mm. That's that's good to hear. (laughs) Um, uh, Were there any other issues related to women's rights that you learned about during the trip? To bring it back to genocide, maybe. Mm. Uh, During the genocide... Um, sexual violence was a big part of the genocide mm-hmm. and like using STDs as a weapon so like in that I believe still lives on 
uh, that harm that that costs and what that causes like uh, drops of water mm. with your wings on water I mean obviously That was Bonobo with ATK. You're listening to Radio UF at Studentradio 98,9. Um, so, Jenny and Benjamin, what do you think that Sweden and uh, other countries maybe can learn from uh, Rwanda? Uh, so, one of the things I took uh, from the trip was definitely their view on conservation efforts and uh, preserving nature and appreciating the ecology that we have in our countries and uh, like the fauna and flora Um, and they're quite uh, on the forefront on uh, fighting environmental changes and really trying to make a lot of effort in that uh, department. Mm. Yeah I wish we had more time so we could talk about this also but uh, maybe for another time. Did you want to add anything Benjamin? Uh, I will talk about uh, in the city of uh, Kigali they had uh, this filtration system that was only like nature based mm-hmm. like uh, it wasn't like chemicals it was like a swamp that filtered water that's what I thought was really interesting and then I also had this this park or this filter swamp as like a, that a sh- coffee shop and where like nice walker paths like using the environment in the city infrastructure Cool. Yeah. yeah. It was really good. Shout out to Nyandangu Echo Park. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hope they're listening. Um, so uh, what memory will you carry with you from this trip? Benjamin, do you want to start? Um, the bus trip to the safari. Tell us more. Because uh, it was a bus, but the, the door was broken. So like the bus <laughs> alarm system went off, like peeping for like how long, like. Forty like, minutes yeah, before the bus driver fixed it, and we were like scared. Like, would this go on for the entire day? Like, we were going insane here. <laughs> yeah, it's a robust trip. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Jenny? Uh, yeah, that was that was an experience. Uh, <laughs> I think um, uh, we met uh, up with uh, some like local people, local students from Rwanda uh, one night and mm. I think that was really fun uh, hearing from just like normal students as well about their life. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I I really want to go to Rwanda now, mm. but uh, so final question, would you would you recommend visiting? Uh, yes, uh, definitely. We're interesting, different. Uh, most trips I take with my parents is like a nice hotel or something this is much more interesting nice experience but uh tips is closer to the city center because they don't have buses so much okay <laughs> good to know uh yeah i would definitely go back uh personally i think it was a really interesting trip and the uh, country was just absolutely beautiful and you can always take a motor taxi Uh, in the city as well. Oh yeah, the motor taxi is also one core memory I will uh, take with me. Wait, what is a motor taxi? So, well, it's like a uh, what is it, like a motorcycle, motorcycle, and then uh, with a with a driver, like a taxi. Uh-huh. Then you take get the helmet, <laughs> jump on, and then you just drive. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of traffic in Kigali, so like the fastest way to get around is taking a motor taxi, so you mm. can just zip through. All right, <laughs> that's funny. Um, Christian, how are you feeling? Would you want to visit? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, that uh, car trip you mentioned, that sounds uh, <laughs> something I would like to experience. Uh, but maybe, maybe I forgot to ask something about what kind of animals did you see during the safari trip? Uh, well, we saw a bunch of stuff. We saw hippos, we saw giraffes, so many giraffes, actually. Yeah. Uh, lots of zebra. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. It was and really rhinos. amazing. So rhinos, three yeah. Three out of five of the big five. Yeah, that's also something uh, the park we went to. Um, they're actually trying to reintroduce a lot of animals that went in- extinct in Rwanda due mm-hmm. to the genocide as well. Cool. Yeah, I wish we had more time to talk, but we don't. So uh, um, we have to end today's episode. But uh, thank you to uh, Benjamin and Jenny for joining us. Thank you for to Christian for doing all the technical stuff. Um, and thank you, Sarah, for hosting. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you for having us. Of course, just fun. You're welcome back anytime. Um, but uh, Radio UF is back next week. We're going to talk about celebrities in international politics. So uh, don't miss it on Monday at five. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Radio UF. Yeah, have a good week. We'll see you next Monday. Bye. Goodbye. Du har lyssnat på en podcast från Studentradio 98,9. Alla våra poddar och program hittar du på studentradion.com eller där poddar finns. Kom ihåg, att lyssna fritt är stort. Att lyssna rätt är större.